Yo, yo, yo. The Talk Too Much podcast episode number 26 is here. I'm your host, Sina Palavon. Um, this week, I decided to really focus on promoting our clubhouse room. As many of you may know, uh, I announced this on social media. Uh, Jake Gallen and I, uh, the guest for this show, uh, frequent guest on my show, um, the host of the Guest List podcast, um, him and I decided to start up a joint podcast, uh, a joint clubhouse room uh, in, here in Vegas. So what we wanted to do with this clubhouse room is really focus in on Vegas entrepreneurs, uh, Vegas networking, and really build a strong presence here in Las Vegas, Nevada. That doesn't mean anybody else can join, and that doesn't mean if you live in Arizona, you won't gain value from that conversation. At the end of the day, this room is going to be about teaching you guys how to build a brand, a business, entrepreneurship, whatever we're going through in our lives or with our own individual shows, we're going to bring to that room every Wednesday. You're going to meet the best podcasters in the city. You're going to meet different, different individuals between Jake's network and I and other podcasters network as well. That's not just us two. We came up with the idea, but there's a lot of other podcasters, a lot of other content creators that are going to be joining. So the room's called Vegas 4D. Uh, Jay came up with that name, uh, something to do with the fourth dimension in Las Vegas. I don't fucking know, but I like the name. Um, and I genuinely wanted to promote this room on this episode. The video did cut off for Jake after nine minutes. So I created an audio backdrop for the rest of the video. The full audio is there. The full audio is, um, uploaded on anchor and every audio platform. Sorry for the video cutting off. That won't happen again. But yeah, the purpose of this episode was more so to promote tonight, um, I really wanted to give people a visual representation of what this clubhouse room is going to be. Um, so enjoy this episode. Um, listen to Jake's not Jake and I's back and forth. Our conversations are actually really, really good at all times, to be honest with you. But um, listen to this conversation. Tell us what you think. But more importantly, sign up for clubhouse. Let me repeat this. Sign up for a clubhouse. Look up Jake Gallen or Cena Polivon on Clubhouse or Vegas 4D and join our club, Vegas 4D. If you live in Las Vegas and you just have a something up your ass, you wanna you have a sense of urgency, you wanna build a life, you know, there's just no excuse to not be in this room. I'm not saying this out of ego. I'm saying this because Jake and I genuinely created this to help everybody. And Clubhouse is a very easy thing to participate in. So I'll see you guys at the room, and it's every Wednesday at 7 p.m. So Vegas 4D on Clubhouse every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Thank you, everybody. Let's get into the show. It is. Talk too much. Um, this is a special episode. Um, really, I have a special guest, someone you guys have never seen before on today. Um, uh, but I have a special announcement. That's why he's here today. Um, I'm Sina Palavan. This is Jay Gallen, host of the Guest List Podcast. You guys have probably seen him on here before. Um, I asked him to come on really quickly today. This is going to be a shorter episode, I think. But we we decided to start a clubhouse room. Um, as many of you know, Clubhouse is the new social media, social media app, audio social media app. And this social media app, you know, has been generating a lot of attention lately. So I said to Jake, you know, as two podcasters, I was like, listen, let's take advantage of this before. Is the app officially open for everybody? 
It is not. It, they, it's only in, it's invite only right now because of scaling procedures. So that's why there's also limitations on the room. The founder Paul said that their inevitable goal is to have unlimited room attendance. Like they want to have million person rooms at some point, but the technology is not there yet. And I think that first of all, that would be insane. I don't know if that would be like an audio YouTube at that point. Um, but I think that. I, th I kind of took notice of all, mostly, we know damn well every entrepreneur that's doing something's on there right now, on their free times on Clubhouse. And it's kind of like, to me, I was like, wow, this is a form of, of, of taking in content that's productive. I can multitask with this. Now, there's just many positives to it. So I said to myself, well, I don't see any rooms being marketed. And I don't see any rooms being specific for tailored to a city. <clears throat> and that's where I thought Jake could come in. And I hit him up. Um, Jake and I started very around the same time. Jake's a good friend of mine, and as many of you may know, and, and we we had this idea to start a weekly room on Clubhouse, right, Jake? Um, what's the purpose of this room? Go ahead. What do you want to see out of this room? So, well, first, just to start off, I think Clubhouse is without a doubt going to be the next social media platform to hit 1 billion users. And I think it'll probably hit it faster than TikTok did. TikTok took four years to hit a billion users. I could see Clubhouse doing it in three. So there's just a ton of accessibility. Um, this quote that I, that I threw around with you, the one that I heard Naval say in a room is like, what Twitter did to blogging is what Clubhouse will do to podcasting. It's not going to decimate the industry, but it's going to be a tool and a way to channel whatever you are doing on this blog or on this podcast and just be in a sort of different format. And the, the cool thing about Clubhouse is that there's a lot of romance, there's a lot of randomness and it's it's really cool to see. Like you could be in a room and you see Joe Rogan and then Tim Dillon and then Naval and then Lex I never and made then all of these rooms, yeah. all these this just like random chaotic mess of just a normal conversation. And most of them generally aren't recorded either. So people are a little bit more free and it's just audio only. So you could do you could sit there in your house, be very comfortable and just express yourself and feel very comfortable. It's different from going into a podcast and being in somebody else's domain. It sets a different pretense around the You feel comfortable on there? I know you do, but yeah. On Clubhouse? Yeah, speaking and going on. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous for the first few times I was a speaker in somebody's room. Really? Yeah, just because you're surrounded by people that you don't know. All you see is their profile picture, whatever it is. If it's a picture of Goku or a picture of them, you have no real idea. So it is nerve-wracking at first, but you become familiarized with it. You feel more confident, and I think that's why creating a room that we want to do. And did we come up? Did we settle on the name Vegas 4D? You came up 4D? with that, yeah. 4D. Wait, wait, what is it? Do we want to do Vegas 4D or start yes. up Vegas? Which one do you want to do? I like the Vegas 4D. I think it's much more simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegas 4D. Vegas 4D. Let me redo that flyer. Honestly, I think I could do better with the flyer. Do you think that starting a room, because I, I liked your idea when, because I just wanted to start a room, and then you kind of like said, hold on, let's do a niche specific, like tailor it down to a city. I thought that was a fantastic idea because I don't see anything like that, and that will prompt more Vegas people to get on Clubhouse. Do you think that's going to, in the long run, help our room gain more efficiency and gain more people? Yeah, I mean... Catering it to a room puts an artificial cap on who may attend because it's Vegas specific, but that's okay. You only, we're really 
trying to, to business do, in Vegas to do business in Vegas for now. And that's fine. There's a, a famous book, I forget what it's called, that talks about the future of society and to be a successful person, all you really need to do is have 1,000 people in your community that are loyal to you and that can create generational wealth. Like that could create that's millions so of dollars. If a thousand people give you a hundred dollars, you know, how come you and I are the only ones that have this <laughs> mindset? Like I'm, I'm looking, I was telling these people, I'm just super bullish on Vegas in general. My podcast is about Vegas. I'm from Vegas. Just this town is growing. It's going to be, it's the, if we were to compare these cities to athletes, I would consider correct me if I'm wrong. Give me a sport, football or basketball. I'm familiar with football. Okay. If, if this would to be a, a, a city, would you not consider Vegas? The, I want to say, I can't say Patrick Mahomes, but in the fastest growing city, it will be the best. Isn't it fastest it was growing? Not, it was the last two years. It had it was number two in new residents in the city, so it's generating a lot of attention. Obviously, the strip is here, but as I've seen now through hundred episodes on my podcast, that a lot of tension flex. <laughs> is, is is shifting off of the strip and is shifting downtown and some of the. I think downtown's always going to be popping. It's going to. There's cultures being built there now. We're in a golden age of culture. A more refined culture. More refined. And there's industries that have moved out to Vegas since the pandemic started. Adult entertainment, uh, film. There's a few other ones. But there's also a lot of like subtle, nuanced, and very niche-down positions that are specific to Vegas and maybe other few cities as well. When you, I'm talking about things that... Gambling. Not just gambling, but just like entertainment. Hospitality hospitality but like performance arts and especially performance arts and like vip hosting and there's just like some it's some of these people i don't even realize that their positions or industries existed until they're presented in front of me so so that there's just something very special about vegas and the majority of people view vegas as their second home i've worked on the strip for the last 10 years and i've heard that same exact line thousands of times i think so it's like why not double or triple down on a city that's just going to continue to grow and just gain more attention and the majority of the the new migrants into vegas are all remote workers so they're gonna have to do something with their free time most of the the tech workers who've moved out here are people that where their their job went complete remote and they bought a house out here. Now they're gonna have to do something with their free time. Most of those people are probably gonna be going to embrace the entrepreneurial esque nature of Vegas and build something else while they have all this time on their hands around their house. So why not build a platform for Clubhouse to corral all of these people in a room and we can collab because that's what the internet age is. At, we're moving into this age of collaboration over competition. Obviously, you can be competitive and collab at the same time, but the internet's all about collaboration. The main goal has to be progression. You can't let the competition get in the way of the progression. Yeah, and the internet's all about collabing. If you look 20 years ago, everyone was very competitive pre-internet era because it was brick-and-mortar stores. So they were fighting for, for those dollars, but now everyone's fighting for attention. What's the best way to gain attention is to have another influencer or creator come on your platform and share their mind. So now you gain that audience member as well. So with with Clubhouse, you can leverage each other's multiple, audience. Multiple people. You leverage everyone's audience on top of each other, and now everyone's winning, and you're curating a masterfully crafted room 
and that you can actually engage in some sort of insightful conversation. Did you ever have this mindset, like these thoughts of like what you just said, this entire spiel? Did you ever have this like two years ago, three years ago? No. I, when, when you were in Chameleon, did you think like this? I did. I, I always tried to think very forward thinking that was with Chameleon, but there are obviously limitations because there's a lot of experiences that I hadn't gone through in life and I wasn't aware of a lot of the things that surrounded society and some of the, the faulty social constructs. And even just three years ago is when I was beginning to get into crypto. And crypto is what really just opened my eyes to everything and just completely shattered my worldview of uh, what reality actually is. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because I'm kind of going through the same thing right now. Um, what I was going to say is that this platform, Clubhouse, our room, right? If average Joe comes in our room, what can you, like, how is our room structured? What are they going to hear week to week? So our first week, the one, the episode that we're doing tomorrow. tomorrow today, is, today, because it's going to air tomorrow. So tonight is what we're, we're, we're creating a room that's familiar to us. It's surrounding podcasters. Every podcaster has some sort of different niche or perception of what their show is, right? Ours are generally guest-based, but there's people who talk about music, culture, lifestyle, solo podcasts. So you're bringing in a room of multitude of different personalities to talk about podcasting and probably we'll, we'll cover the topic of Vegas and leverage on top of that. But it's just getting all of these minds in one industry together to see what kind of conversation and innovative ideas that you can spark. And we, we did have other ideas of doing like crypto and real estate and some other hot industries, but we can also turn it and make an interview base where if we can land somebody that's considered a high net worth individual, we can we can just tag team interview them and we can have the guests listen as well. So there's a lot of that. At that point we'd be the best room in clubhouse. <laughs> That'd be fire. Um, do you think that our room, so you said we're going to do podcasting this Wednesday. Why do you think we decide on podcasting? Why do you think this is an important room for people to get to come on, listen to? I think we chose podcasting because it's most familiar to us. The just how most startups begin whether you're creating a YouTube channel or an actual business, they generally start off pretty slow. So we're, we're not going to focus on the numbers. We need to focus on the conversation. And the best way to, to focus on a conversation is to talk about things that you're familiar with and then build consistency. And when you create consistency, generally an audience will follow. And I also want to add on, on, on two things you said, if you don't mind. I want to mention the collaboration over competition thing. This is something that you know, I've, you know, me as a very competitive guy, but this is something that's completely, you know, as kind of changed my view on things in the sense of, I kind of view us and people make always like get scared when I tell them the way I view the world. So I'm not going to go in depth on that, but I kind of view us, Jake, Cena, to me that those mean nothing. You know, those are just names our mothers gave us. You know what I mean? At the at heart, we're really organ, highly intelligent organisms, like clogs in the wall. And I think our purpose is, is to help humanity. I think if you're living and breathing, dude, you should help the people around you. That you're you're not anything special. You're a clog in the wall. So why are you doing something to serve? Like, of course, be happy, serve your individualistic purposes, but don't let it compromise society's advancement or the advancement of the people around you. Is what I'm, I've learned, um, and I think that's big. In in I do think though, it is healthy to be competitive. It I, is. I think 
you're, I think you're familiar with the sports mentality. With sports, it's a zero-sum game. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. But when you're migrating into this uh, creative economy, there's can be hundreds, if not thousands, of winners because you're fighting for different resources. That's why I, I like the competition aspect in our game because I know if we're both working hard, we're both going to win. And for me, that was, that's a big thing is like, I'll give you a lot of credit. Like, dude, you have no idea how much you pushed me in a lot of ways. And a lot of other podcasters and a lot of other editors like have shown me, have had talks with me that have really helped me and got my spirits up. And I've taken influence, you know, from a lot of people. But at the end of the day, what, what I get from the sports, because you, you hit it on the nose. I love how, for example, Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard will talk shit and push each other. And after the game, the kids will hug it out and they'll go to say hi to each other's wives. You know, I love that. And that's kind of like where, where I'm at with I, I want to do it in a healthy way, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, I do think that what the second thing I want to touch on is this podcasting thing. Um, I think, yes, it's very familiar with us, but I think we can both agree why we both started our own shows in the first place is. Number one, we saw value in the niche. And number two, the podcast can be applied in any niche, right? When no matter what business you have, job you have, would you not say starting a podcast correlated to that career path would help it? Yeah, pod- podcasting is, is a spectrum. It's just like a political spectrum or a sexual what do you spectrum. Mean? With with podcast, <laughs> yeah, I'm making I'm making wild 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 analogies. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I like that because when when you're podcasting, you're speaking through your voice, and no no two people have the same thoughts or the same uh, articulation, the same vernacular, same charisma. It's varying degrees between every single person. So with podcasting, you're going to get a, a unique experience through every single person who creates a podcast. Yes, but uh, but yes, correct. And wouldn't you also agree that at the level it's consumed by our society, that it could also bring in numbers to businesses too? Yeah. Uh, From some of the guests that I've had on my podcast, I encourage everyone, if you have a business, to create a business podcast because there's a lot to gain. When how how society values a business now is different from how they valued it 20 years ago. The CEO is a direct representation of the business. So if the CEO has a podcast, the consumers can have a direct relation to them just by channeling the podcast and listening to how they speak, how they present themselves, do they align in their views? Because now you have to virtue signal on top of running a business as well. So are they the same? Do they have the same line of thinking? But if you're the CEO who has a podcast for a business, you can bring on potential clients or potential customers and talk with them and build a bond that way. So there's a lot to, to gain from it. That's what Talk Too Much was originally when, we, when I first started out. Um, would you say that, and that's something I really wanted to point out, is what he said specifically. You know, whatever you do, if you start a podcast, you can bring on potential clients to, A, close the deal. They're going to like, they're going to enjoy the experience if you take time and you know, put it well together. Or, you know, give them, help them and, and solidify the relationship. And I think that, you know, business owners, I was going to ask you, Jake. Before I get into that, of course, you guys got to, you know, you should know you should start a podcast. You know, I'm not saying it's necessary, but it gives you, separates you from your competition. Do you think that business owners should also now delve into Clubhouse? Mm, if Clubhouse is still in its infancy, so there's still more speculation around it. There's a lot more experimentation. Podcasting has been around like 17 years now, roughly. 
So there is. Really? Uh, I think Adam Curry started his Joe Rogan's podcast. Guest. Yeah, the Podfather. <laughs> I believe it was 2004. Might might be plus or minus a few years. But with Clubhouse, there is no visual representation. So for a business owner, it might be there might not be as much value to accrue from that. But if just from a intellectually curious person, then there's a lot to gain because you get to hear different perspectives mixed between all of these random rooms with different people in it. So that's, I think that's why it, the route that we're going with Vegas 4D is just a great culmination. So <laughs> it's just like we're, we're playing it, we're looking at Vegas in a different dimension, right? We're adding the intellect aspect to the 3D spectrum. And so what then, the fuck you're going ham right now? <laughs> what the hell? Blow, blowing his mind. <laughs> what the, this dude just pulled out a quote. God so, damn. so, and and if we really do believe that Vegas is going to be the city of the future, the next LA that I've been hearing for ten years, like why not collaborate with all these people who are doing all these cool things in these different industries? That's disrespectful to Vegas because LA never had our hospitality industry. Right. They did have Hollywood though, but yeah. But the, yeah, the, I mean that's just they had like their own strength. Yeah. That was the only thing, I guess, even 10 years ago when people used to tell me that, that was the that was the city that most resembled their future outlook. Doesn't mean that it's going to be the exact same thing. Vegas is Vegas is going to be Vegas. There's nothing else in the city that can replicate Why did you it. say we're adding, can you explain that to the cameras? Why do you think, uh, why did you say, like, add an intellectual aspect to 3D? What does that mean exactly? Vegas is built on the hustle culture, the grind culture, right? When you're working on the strip, you don't really have to add a p intellectual pers intellectual component to making tips. I mean, there are ways that you could fish for tips. This is coming from intellect helps us. I worked on the strip the last ten years, the last six years at Omnia, so uh, you know this is through experience. There's ways that you can fish for tips, and there's tactics, but it's pretty. I used to always say it's so uh, busing is so easy, a monkey could do it. It's a very mindless job, and you can make six figures doing it, but we're moving into this digital age and to be creative, if we're moving into this creative economy, you need to have some sort of intellectual curiosity to be creative. And so the best way to do that is to collab with people. And the best way to do that is to leverage the technology. What technology do you want to leverage? Uh, with Clubhouse being so new, you have a first mover advantage if we're hopping onto it now, right? Most first movers generally are victorious. And this is mostly predominated in the crypto industry. Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency. It's dominant. Ethereum was the first smart contract. It's dominant. Monero was the first privacy coin. It's dominant. You know, right, it's now just you're like, just flexing your knowledge. It goes, uh, <laughs> it, it, it goes on. It goes on and on. So if we, if we're intellectually curious person, people who have been leveraging technology, podcasts, and other outlets into our everyday life. Clubhouse is a perfect fit. One thing you said, you said a couple of things I took notice. You said first mover advantage. I do you have you seen any rooms? Because you know how we market our our podcast. And by the way, for people that don't know, um, actually I'll save this for the end. But what we're we're going to tell you how to market and things like that. But do you, have you seen any rooms being marketed across other social channels like Instagram, Twitter? Like, yo, come at this room at this time or short videos like you did with with Clubhouse. Not there's not much marketing going on. It's been almost a, a closed loop system in a sense. But there is a lot of room for growth. Look at Eric Weinstein. He has two million followers already. He and his Twitter accounts five hundred thousand. Yeah, on, oh. so he grew pretty fast because. You're, when you go into Clubhouse, you're a new person on this technology platform. You're starting with 
pretty much a clean slate. So people interpret it differently. It's hard, harder once Twitter Spaces comes out, which is the clubhouse equivalent that. on Twitter. You have had your Twitter account for 12 years. Some of us have had it since 09. So you can't really build a new brand. You can only leverage the existing brand on top of the Spaces. But with Clubhouse, most people are not familiar with who you are. So it's a clean slate. And there's more content on Twitter. So brand recognition is much more easier. Um, so I was going to, I agree with what you said. Do you think that, because I have this idea of like, like for example, the, the reel you put out, I thought like, wow, if we do this a different one for each episode, like every week, I think that could get traction over a three month period. Let me see how that works. What do you think of the, the idea to publicize your room on other social channels? Yeah, there, there's nothing to lose from it. I think it's something that once you become familiar with feeling vulnerable, you get past that. And it's like, it's just something that's normalized. And a lot of people feel scared because you have reputation risk when you start something new. You create something, you fail at it, you feel like society hates you, when in reality, they actually embrace you if you go on and do something else after you failed. If you fall, it's not how far you fall, but how high you bounce afterwards. So why not promote something on this new platform? Most people aren't familiar with Clubhouse, though, so it's going to take time to grow. The, uh, the majority of people don't have it just because it has that invite-only scaling kind of mechanism attached to it but, but if, you could still get on easily right you can get on easily it's invites i mean there's a few more steps to it than just like signing up and being being in the clubhouse but if we create this room and we build chemistry within each with each other we figure out how to best utilize and leverage clubhouse then we'll be set for when they open the floodgates and everyone comes in unannounced what do you think they would do need to do like do you think there's a cap to like the product itself of Clubhouse? Do you said it was going to be the fastest social media app? It's going to surpass TikTok. I believe so. And I can actually agree with you, but why do you think it's going to have that efficacy? Why do you think it's going to pop up like that? Do you think audio is the, you know, Gary Vee said it for years now, audio is this next. Do you think Clubhouse is the epitome of the audio market? Yeah. Really? It's uh, audio is a great tool because in an age where uh, people's attention span are considered much lower, it depends on what you're doing. You can listen to a clubhouse room while you're gaming. cooking, gaming, whatever the case is, in the car, at the gym. So there's that utility to it that YouTube can't match because you have to watch the video, right? That's visually appealing, but being intellectually appealing is much different. That is very interesting. Do you think there's ever going to be a day where we can record our rooms, our room convos? You can. There, some, some people do it now through third-party technologies, but... Is it clear audio? Is it like... It's not clear. I think, I think what's going to happen in the near future is cell phones like like Apple and Android, how they market their cam their cameras, they're going to start marking or marketing the microphones within the cell phones for better quality to to cater towards the clubhouse users because the the microphone quality is not good right now, right? So that that'll inevitably happen because that's just another way to market a new your feature, cell phone. A new 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 method to stock up the price of the iPhone now. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like it's it's another tool. So audio just is superior i think you uh you actually called me out on this tweet i think this was last year where i said that uh, uh, audio is going to overtake video by the end of the decade in terms of consumption yeah I do. what do you think of that let's revisit good job oh you <laughs> fucking oh great great i don't think it will because, i do so hold on. let's define that 
This is an on-air live bet. When when is our year that we set it off? It's the end of the decade. So, so 2030? So by 2030. So if we're alive, 2030, on air, on camera, <clears throat> our editors at the time will have to go back and get this. <laughs> 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 so the bet is by 2030, in what context does audio have to surpass video? Amount of people consuming it on the global scale? I would say, yeah, I would say by the amount, or you could even say time time consumed because there's an advantage when people... <laughs> you no, know, you win that way. You win with time. Well, I mean, there's people who also sit at home and watch Netflix for hours on yeah. edge. I, I just think so because there's more utility so you can listen to audio audio based content when you're at the gym, when you're driving in the car, when you're around the house. I, I think video is going to end up becoming more of a novelty by the end of the decade just because people won't consume it oh, as much. This is such a great debate because like audio is the new newer dominant wave. And everything you're saying makes sense. Hear me out. Everything he's saying makes sense in the sense that you can consume this type of content whilst doing any activity or not just doing that activity. Whereas video, you have to focus solely on it. Now, here's where I see it is this type of behavior, this daily schedule, that's not the majority of people. You know that majority of people are sit on their asses. But it, I think you also have to weigh in how society will evolve over the end of the decade. Remote, remote working is going to become hyper-normalized. So are those remote workers going to utilize their time by being an entrepreneur, like I said in the beginning of the video, and build something else? Or are they going to sit at home and watch Netflix? Question for you. What does the metaverse count as? Mm, there is what, a visual component to it, but... So what if, let me give you a hypothetical. What if some, gaming, gaming's an interesting combination of both. What if someone were to, I wouldn't say gaming's, I, c I can agree with you. I would take gaming out because it is predominantly video, but you're controlling the video. Mm -hmm. um, what I was going to say is, do you think this account going into a metaverse and, okay, this is so, so, so like if you're running through Decentraland, but you have headphones in and you're listening to something else, does it, does it count as both? Well, now you're talking 100 years in the future. I'm talking 10 years. When <laughs> no, the, that's just my everyday life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking about the primary stages of Decentraland. So I'm saying when we're still on our computer desks, on, on the, it, the computers, mm -hmm. do you think, does, like say, do you think we can ever have our character go sit down and watch a movie in Decentraland? Which would essentially You can do that now already. You can do that on crypto voxels. People people integrate YouTube within their crypt crypto voxels is like a decentralized Roblox or Minecraft. So people go in there and they build these. Say the first. What'd you say before Minecraft? Roblox. What is that? It's a similar. It's oh, sim okay. it's a similar thing. It's a competitor. People are going in and buying these parcels of land and building these like art galleries. But then they're integrating their YouTube videos in the art gallery, so you can sit there and watch the YouTube video while you're in this metaverse watching a YouTube video, which also counts as a play on YouTube. That's so dope. <laughs> but there's one thing I will say though, crypto voxels is what do you think of that? There's multiple metaverses. Crypto I like crypto voxels over better better than decentralized. I'm also growing an affinity to sandbox is pretty cool. And Axie Infinity, I've been kind of dabbling in a little bit as well. Sandbox is another one? There's a, there's a handful of them. Why do you like crypto the you like the design of the I like the design of Decentraland. Decentraland is a little bit more put together in terms of 
design art design yeah it's like it's one universe where crypto voxels is like handcrafted designed by each person who has that parcel of land and it's built block by block it's it's not like decentraland where it's like there's like trees and there's like plots of land that are owned by decentraland itself crypto voxels like completely decentralized oh so crypto voxels is literally like free real estate for consumers mm-hmm. well not free but you have to pay so and- go ahead I was just saying, and just CryptoVoxels is more like built on blocks. Decentraland, there's more aesthetic. That's to what it. I was gonna say. Do you think that the this is like number one? Do you think there's gonna be multiple metaverses? Number two? Yes. Really? Yeah. Do you think so? Now we're gonna be competing for which metaverse? Like it's gonna be like Apple, Sony, Microsoft. There's always gonna be a competition. That's what capitalism breeds. That's just how human nature is. There's always gonna be a competitor to something. So you have to okay, especially in Decentraland or in a decentralized space. You can't really monopolize anything because they're all their own separate protocols. You can't so monopolize anything in Decentraland? What do you mean? You can't monopolize it as a central entity coming in and owning everything because in decentra- in decentralized spaces, the communities are the one who dictates who wins. So it's a mono- it would be a monopoly by the community rather than a monopoly by I can't by go a buy a parcel of land in Decentraland, set up a store and sell no. digital art? No. Well, monopoly is when somebody comes in and controls the entire industry, right? Like Google is pretty much a monopoly. Facebook is pretty much a monopoly. But those are central authorities, whereas in decentralized spaces they just create the protocol and they let the communities come in so the communities dictate who wins rather than the the businesses and the governing agencies dictating who wins so it's that, a bottom-up grassroots approach that's crypto voxels what you're just that's just decentralized products in general and you're saying but you're saying de- is decentraland like that no yeah i mean it's decentralized uh, it was created by decentraland and there's mana and there's there's uh, a cryptocurrency attached to the underlying metaverse where crypto voxels there isn't but isn't crypto voxels run on ethereum or no yeah i mean they're both e mm, actually i'm not positive if crypto voxels is mana is definitely erc20 token do you think these are the metaverses that stick for the future do you think new ones will come out and develop like i'm sure there will there will always be competitors in decentralized spaces there's mana was the or mana decentraland was the has the first mover advantage it was the first one so that's probably why it has the aesthetic look to it aesthetic look that's why it has more command on the marketplace for now so it does mm-hmm. that's okay so i was gonna say do you think that you know how like when the computer first came out and it was like that big disgusting block do you think that these metaverses like right now are uh, compared like that compared to that and like it in the future metaverse like we will actually be like in, in a virtual reality, like moving. Type like show. Ready Player One. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely... That's where we're headed? I'm sure it's not exactly like that, but I'm sure it'll be... Similar. Similar, yes. So in that context, context, I'm sure it won't be. It'll be way past 2030. But do you think... Who wins the bet if, if on metaverse consumption? Is that just... We're going to obsolete that? Make that obsolete? I'm sure there could still be statistics... In yeah, terms of okay. that. If you go in the metaverse and watch a movie, we'll give it to me. And if you go yeah. in the metaverse for a run and listen to your shit, yeah. we'll give it to you. Yeah. I will say this, going back to finish that debate. Um, I do think that you make a strong case for audio. My only – I'm just hinging on the fact that I do think the, the, the eyes, I do think they cause the most emotion maybe. I don't know. The, the, you see things. Oh, yeah, more monkey vivid. see, monkey do. Yeah. Make, yeah, wait, I feel like that was a subtle diss, but <laughs> no, but it just makes things more subtle. That's going to be a good bet. Um, I want to end this off. Um, 
when someone comes in our room, are we just, well, you said we're going to have different topics week to week, right? I want our viewers to know these topics, number one, pertain to entrepreneurship, correct? Success, anything like that pertains to that. They'll pertain to whatever the community we have in, whether it's podcasters, real estate owners, restaurant lawyers? employees, lawyers, whatever, whatever the room is, we'll cater to that conversation. But I don't want to limit it if we go off on a tangent that's something that maybe is tangentially related to whatever the topic is. That's if, if, if we're, if we're the know. entrepreneurs that are in this industry, why why limit the discussion? Unless it's like out way out there and we start talking about politics or something that's not really Definitely related. Not. We can't do that. But why why limit your creative expression if it's an interesting conversation? I think an interesting conversation is just that. And if it could provide value, why why limit it to and why box us in to it? I agree. I agree. So basically for all of you listening, we're gonna try and hit not a exactly as Jake said, the a, We're catering to a conversation more than a Q&A. Correct. But I want people to know that these conversations aren't just going to be like random. They're going to be catered just like to success, to entrepreneurship, or not just necessarily entrepreneurship, but to something relevant. To the curators of the room. In Vegas, you know? In Vegas. Yeah. I mean, there's Vegas is always going to be that that underlying tone to it where we're going to figure out how we can move Vegas forward because we really do need to move Vegas I think into you... this digital space. It's been built on this hustle culture for so long. But can we, I that's why that we need quick? to make it go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, you actually made, <clears throat> made a good point earlier and I, I just completely you just said the hustle call. Do you do you think that we need to start like as you said integrating that information into our hospitality industry because you know the people you've worked with mm-hmm. we've worked with a lot of similar people um they make good money just like you said very good money but would you not agree that they're running a risk of becoming obsolete five ten years from now because they're not consuming the knowledge they need to certain certain positions will never be eliminated you'll never eliminate most of the women off of the strip in terms of sex oriented positions like cocktail servers strippers whatever the case is i mean you could definitely automate bartending and some of and the front desk workers and some of these, but sex sells sell, in Vegas uh, from a lot of the women that I've had on the podcast that always say that if there weren't women that existed on the strip, then There'd be no strip. there would be no strip. Nobody yeah. would come and spend money. That's Women hold the power over the strip. Some people like to argue and say, no, it's the CEOs. But if every single woman employee walked off, there would be no strip. If every CEO left, strip would still operate. <laughs> that's a very good point for sure for sure actually because all the money coming in whether it's the club they're coming to see the girls yeah man i hate to say it, like why do you go to a pool a day club to you know you don't go to listen to the music and just get drunk randomly you know you that's part of the experience yeah. but you go because you want to talk Score. to pretty women yeah. yeah you know nothing you know no nothing like that but what well, I want there's to nothing say, malicious about yeah it. that's what i'm saying I, there's nothing malicious about it just that's the vegas culture and i think that I'm more, I think you and I are, uh, what I appreciate you, what I really respect about you is you're very good at appealing. Like you're not so much as like, okay, I'm not working there. Fuck these people. You're very humble and very like accepting because you've been in there of the Vegas culture and you want to, you know, as you said, move it forward. Um, and we're talking about like the hospitality industry and things like that. How do you see, like, how do we move Vegas forward into that industry? How do we get, because the only thing people care about right now is making money. And unless it's not a direct correlation, cash in hand at the end of the night, they're, they're going to lose interest. So if we just move the strip out of the conversation, there's still 
a full encompassing city that surrounds the strip and this city we've been trying to bridge the city off of the strip reliance for such a long time so covid's kind of just been the spiral kick into the death spiral pit to do that so the simple way to do it is just spark conversation this is what i've been doing with the podcast and people have um resonated with it well it's just like some of these ideas that we have through conversation the majority of the community just haven't been able to think of it because they've been stuck in this this virtuous cycle of working every day but there is this creative economy the internet age is upon us so we need to leverage this technology to push vegas forward and the way that we do it is our generation the millennials and with gen z as well gen z too yeah, I mean, they're, they're a pretty intelligent group of people, and maybe they do suffer from crippling anxiety and depression. What is Gen Z, now that you mention it? What the Gen fuck? Z, I think it's like 1998 and above. Is that the most recent one? And then there's Alpha, which is like five, they're like five years old at max. They're, oh, so that's like 2015? Yeah. Born to now? Yeah. Um. I kind of I love what you said that the strip doesn't really define Vegas, um, and I think that when you think of Vegas so far up until this point, because it was built off the strip, you know Frank Sinatra, the Flamingo, the strip really gave the city its resurgence. But and we need to grow. We exactly. need to grow. Up until, up until 2019, 2020, as you say, you know this was the greatest rebranding opportunity. There we go. <laughs> Got someone else to say it finally. <laughs> so after you, uh, after up until last year, that was what we were known for. Right. So if you were a buster, you know, at Omnia, it's funny, though, you kind of killed it in both worlds. You were the buster at Omnia. You killed it in that, that world. Now you're a podcast host. You're killing it in this world. Do you think that uh, I don't want to say obsolete, but do you think these jobs are going to cause these people to be obsolete and they're going to have to be forced into the creative economy? Or do you think it's going to be like a choice? I think there's a choice. The Vegas Strip, I mean, from the majority of the guests that I've had on who are vegas or strip specific in their in their niche the strip is lagging behind in technological innovation because of corporatism and the the dollar being the bottom line so a lot of the innovation is actually happening in downtown vegas right now and some of these leaders like jonathan jostle are really catering towards the experience we need to move from the entertainment capital world to the experience capital of the world and there are what do you mean experience what do you mean experience so when you for something that recently just happened is the win just announced that they're dedicating 3.5 million for a podcast studio circa did this when they when they built circa so this is what we would call a trend is happening so podcast communities are going to migrate over to vegas and so i i foresee podcast residencies being a normal thing within downtown and casinos that's fucking dope I, I, that's what i really think is going to happen uh, i mean when how so, far away are we from that so it's already happening at the when they already said they already announced it it's like bluefin it's a both both podcasts residencies between circa and the win are both sports podcasts so i mean that goes well with sports betting but i foresee it uh, evolving into different podcast communities and platforms because that is an experience going there and we'll just use joe rogan for example i mean he has a spotify contract so it won't happen but imagine if he's in town and you could say hey come do a show at caesar's palace 
everyone will go around the plexiglass just to watch and be around. You know, how Bro. cool would that be if you could plug in like a like a silent disco and listen to them and see them in person? Like that's experience. That's, Wait, what do you mean? Like, so you imagine do, there's a plexiglass around around and they listen Joe to us Rogan. through their in, in our earphones through the earphones yeah so that you don't interrupt the conversation bro i'm fully i really believe that's the, so the future so this is this is vegas becoming the experience capital world there will be there will be different things of this nature happening but downtown vegas is starting to implement similar things like this circa started the trend with podcasting i'm sure some other technologically native things like podcasts are going to find their their residencies on the strip so we need to to get ahead of this and if we could do it in clubhouse or something of that nature and podcasting then we we can be the first movers you know what i, I was i was thinking of just now as i remember when we first met you were like cena like we're still pretty early in this podcasting thing. Now, I had done a sports podcast a year earlier, and I had this idea since I was 23. So when you said that, I was like, this dude just, you know, he's just saying that to say to give us confidence. But now that, you know, we haven't even gotten, if you look back at the history of music, we haven't even gotten to the start of live events is what you're saying, right? Yes. So maybe you are right. Maybe we're ridiculously early in podcasting infancy. Like maybe we are because the what you just described, and I was just going to ask you, would you be nervous? Like imagine us like, on a large stage. I would love that. I would, I would love, too. I would, I would, would too. The, that would gives this like, opportunity. I'm not going to lie, Jake. You, after you finished that statement, like I was just thinking to myself, motherfuckers firing me up. Like I feel great. Just like it gives something like that would be like a dream to have a conversation, a valuable one uh, with someone important. With all your fans around. With, your with all your fans around. Bro, That that's that's a dream, bro. That is it's, like. It's coming to the strip and we're in the beginning stages. So. Clubhouse, as I said in the beginning, Clubhouse is a supplementation to podcasting. So we can leverage all of our communities and engage in intellectual conversation. And also, we have other podcasters we talk to that want to come on, and we're going to you mm-hmm. know, get in there. So not just week one, but all these weeks, especially as we grow, we're not, that doesn't mean because we're not talking about podcasting week one, we won't talk about it. Yeah, we can bring week. on guests, guest speakers, yeah. everything. It doesn't have to be this like boxed-in approach where it has to be specific. It's a flexible room. We're just trying to to corral all of the different Vegas, I don't know, Vegas leaders and and, and not just leaders and, though, but people that want to be leaders and, and curi- yeah, and they, curators, yeah, curators, cu- curious people, just anything in this room and try to spark a conversation and have simple conversations like me and you are having right now. This was a fire conversation though. Like I didn't expect it. As I said, this was supposed to be like a. I was just going to say, let's talk about the room, get it 20, 30 minutes, edit it. Fit. How long are we at? Solid, solid ass episode. Nice. Um, we did go on a little bit metaverse tangent. I stopped that really quickly, but uh, it's. I, I really want to emphasize to everybody. Um, this episode is really to talk about that room, Vegas 4D. Um, because I'm gonna end this right now if you don't mind. What we want to do is, as he said, we want to also offer anybody that had our our mentality, young and up and coming. You want to join this room and network and meet people that maybe you want a job, maybe you want to do business with someone come in this room because not just us two, but any podcaster. And I'm sure like, you know, I talked to a couple of my uh, guests that I want to have on and that I will have on to let's come in on these rooms too. Like there's just going to be a lot of opportunities for Vegas people to network. And I feel like one thing you can agree with me on, I think you said this is clubhouse is a much more direct way of networking than I've actually seen before. It's easy to network. I was literally in a room the other day where dead mouse was taking Q and A's from People Did you ask him something? I didn't. I didn't have the opportunity to get on there, but you just raise your hand, you go up there for a minute, and ask like, how man. cool is that to just engage with people that you just love and adore as a fan, 
or the vice versa where you can be you can be this curator to engage in your fans just as direct as possible dude honestly that that i think clubhouse is the start uh, is really what is going to get audio to go where you want it to go where, where it's going to go not where you want but yeah so my message is to everybody you know don't make maybe you don't make it this wednesday but i promise you come to one room come check it out um don't even have to really talk to us click on other people's profile in the audience and, and check their them out but this is going to be a vegas centric room where you not only can you network but we will try and provide you value uh week to week and give you an interesting conversation um jake Thank you so much for coming on. Um, always a pleasure to be here. You man. always just have my back and always pull through. Like every time I say, Jake, you just like, got you, I'll be there. Like I just, I respect you. Thank you. Um, thank you, everybody. Make sure you subscribe to the guest yeah, list. I was going to say that right now, ho. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the guest list podcast on YouTube, the guest list, no, the guest list podcast and Jake Gallon on Instagram and only Jake Gallon on Twitter because he consolidated the accounts to focus on one yeah. account. <laughs> I just memorized the whole spiel and on LinkedIn as well, especially on LinkedIn, actually. Boom, boom. Thank you guys. 26 is out. I got a very special episode next week. See you week guys Wednesday. Guys. Peace.